Let's take off. Bongani and Nala on Radio 2000. Uh, we're still talking uh, Freedom Day, which is today, okay? Uh, 27th of April. Um, we were voting, we were happy, we were trying to... We were voting for our future. And now we are here. Do we have anything to celebrate? While we were being PR'd. Uh, well, we are here because of that, right? Uh, we've got Asanda Ngwasheng, a political analyst. Good morning, Asanda. Welcome to the show. Good morning and thank you for having me. Um, we were speaking to Umama earlier on about just the high hopes that many South Africans had in 1994. And obviously we are all feeling like slowly these are getting squashed. Do we have a cause to celebrate today? I mean, I think it's I think it's it's both yes and no. So I think there's, there's definitely always a cause to celebrate. Um, we saw the end of apartheid, which was a cruel and relentless system, right? And so we have to always remind ourselves how, how important it is that that system ended, and that the lives of black people really did change forever on the the day of uh, 27th of April 1994. So the question really is how much celebration probably. Um, that we should be doing, and I think that we we have a little bit to celebrate in the sense that the the material lives unfortunately haven 't changed as much as people hoped there 's still inequality and there 's still a lot that you know that, that that could be done. The corruption of the current government of the ANC is not helping things at all because it ensures that the inequality continues to replicate itself. Spatial planning hasn 't been sorted out in any way, and in fact, the government is still building along the same lines that the apartheid government did, ensuring that black people continue to live on the outskirts of town while white people continue to live um, right in the heart of town. And so what should what, what could be done or what should we be celebrating? We need to celebrate the fact that we are a country with basic human rights. We are one of the few countries on the African continent that has the full scope of human rights. We are one of the few countries on the continent that have free healthcare. In fact, globally, if you think about it, because America still fighting about access to free healthcare. Yeah. Um, and if you look at our labor rights, for instance, we have some of the best labor rights in the world. Americans even envy. Um, and I keep referring to Americans because everybody thinks they're the bastion of, of democracy in some ways. And, and Americans envy, as well as other people across the world, envy our labor rights because we have sufficient leave, which means you can get dressed as an employer, and there's a lot of protections in the law. Are those laws always implemented? No, but the very existence of those laws is important because for those who are able to hold uh, or who want to, they can, and people do use the CCMA, for example, people do use the labor court to enforce those laws. And so those are the kind of things that we can celebrate, the existence of human rights, the fact that they legislated our the existence of the Bill of Rights and basics like, you know, access to, um, access to free health care. But we we are still suffering, particularly black people are still at the bottom of the humanity hierarchy that apartheid created. Uh, poverty continues to replicate itself. So if you are a child that was born into poverty in 1994, more likely than not, you are still living in poverty in 2022 because not enough has been done by the government to ensure that the, you know, that the class structures are 
disrupted and even with the existence of things like um like some level of free education through the through NSF for example it still has a missing middle so there are people who are still in a gap that are not covered and although we were promised for example free free education uh, free access to healthcare free access to education in the constitution that constitutional right has not been fulfilled and that's why we had you know movements like uh, like freeze must fall and we know that black people are still suffering from racism and that's why you had movements like hashtag the silence to amplify with young black people in former model C and private schools calling out the racism that they experience on a daily basis at these schools where their parents mm. are, are paying a lot of money uh, to take them to. Yeah. Uh, you know, Asanda, I was crushed. My heart sank when I heard one of our listeners celebrating freedom of movement in our own land. And I don't think we understand just the, the, the sheer in- intelligence and strategy of the apartheid system. Do you think we have placed enough structures and plans in place to overcome that um, hate intelligence that was orchestrated against the black people? I don't think so. I mean, I think we have made some inroads. I think that the things are not as bad as they used to be in terms of how people view black people. Um, but we still have a lot of work to do. Um, you know, in my other life, I do work on, on diversity training with schools and I do work with corporates uh, and I do work with NGOs. And one of the things I, I find constantly is how somebody who was born, like people could be born literally five kilometers from each other mm-hmm. and have a completely different experience of what it means to be South African, mm-hmm. both during apartheid and in the post-apartheid era. And so, for an example, if you think about a child growing up in Alex mm-hmm. um, and a child growing up in Santon, they are having, they are living in exactly the same country, but they are having two completely different experiences of South Africa. If you think about Cape Town, for instance, somebody who lives in Camps Bay, which has access to a beach, and somebody who lives in, in, in Kailicha, right in front of Monobisi Beach, they both have access to the beach. They both have access to this beauty of this land, but their experience of this, the of this place is not the same because Monobisi Beach is not a safe place. Monobisi Beach is where people are jumping bodies. Monobisi <laughs> Beach is not a place that people can go and enjoy. You know, speaking on the point of Omonambisi Beach versus um, Clifton, you know, and, and just the freedom of movement, we see a lot of gated communities today. Would you say that is a perpetuation of this segregation? Yes, definitely. I mean, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of post-apartheid, apartheid-esque, mm. uh, you know, things that have been put in place. So things like, like gated communities definitely are about ensuring that black people continue to be excluded and continue to not have access. I mean, if you think about even just the other day, I was thinking about how there are a lot of, of, of beachside properties that border, you know, the beach, and then they are built in such a way that they actually block access to the beach. And so there will be a little pathway, of course, that you can use to go in, but you've got people's houses, which then makes it impossible if you have a car, for instance, to be able to park there, and you have to walk quite long distances to access what is essentially a public beach that is that, and and our beaches are increasingly being privatized Mm -hmm. without, you know, the government stepping in and actually saying, no, you cannot build here, and this is the boundary line of where you can build, and if you are going to build here, you need to make sure, for example, that there's some level of public parking so that people are not blocking you in, but at the same time, you cannot stop people from, from, 
you know, from parking or even walking and being able to access the beach. We know that also, for instance, um, the, the mentality of a lot of people about where black people can and can't go still hasn't changed. If you've joined any suburban uh, neighborhood group, you know that, you know, they use terms like bravo and, and, and other <laughs> terms to, to denote that there's a black man walking. And essentially, yeah. black people's movements are still policed in these WhatsApp groups and, and, and you find yourself wondering, like, you know, why do I never see, uh, you know, a, a, a sentence in a WhatsApp group that says there's a white man walking, um, but there's many sentences about there's a black man walking, there's a colored man walking, there's, uh, you know, colored women or whatever the case is, um, walking. Black people are still policed within their country. Mm, so there's, mm. there's a higher level of freedom of movement. There are many more places that we can access that, than before, but there's still restrictions within those places where there aren't boom gates, there are security guards and there are neighborhood watches and there are people in general who are constantly policing our movements and constantly doubting our kind of um, authority to be in spaces or, or, or our existence in essence. I mean, people will even ask you questions like, are you visiting when you're walking Why around you in here? a place? Like, if you, maybe you could be visiting, looking around, or you could live in that place, or whatever the case may be. But there's always this sense that black people are not seen to belong in spaces that you used to belong to white people. And there's an assumption that if you are in that space, it can't be that you own, uh, you know, a house there or that you live there. It, it has to be that you are visiting or you're coming from, you know, the neighboring, uh, whatever the nearest township yeah, is. Yeah. So people do still have that mentality that black equals, you know, living in an informal settlement or living in a township. And sometimes even black people, by the way, have internalized these messages and will buzz your house and ask you for the white mansion because they assume I, that if it's a suburb, then it must yours. be a, a white person that lives in there. Asan, I love the way you've touched on that. So what role can the middle class black people play because middle class is almost like the mini whites um, um <laughs> even in their thinking they're like the mini whites in their thinking and they're so disconnected from the everyday struggles of everyday south africans that sometimes middle class blacks are the barrier to some of these conversations so what role can they play in this i mean i think i think that to be to be black in south africa is to have proximity to um to to poverty on some level or Another, right? And I think that, um, you know, I always say that being black is being poverty adjacent always. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how rich you are. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are or how much access you have. There will always be at least one member in your family or some relative somewhere who is living a black life and experiencing the black condition at its most cruelest. And I think that our job as a middle class is to remember that part of our role is to be um, interpreters, right? of this world and our role is to advocate for those who are still living uh, in poverty for those who are still suffering the majority of the yoke of blackness right and our role also becomes about listening more because we don't listen enough as a black middle class black people start telling us that they are feeling the impact of uh, illegal immigration, that they are being affected by the fact that our government is not regulating immigration and we are the first people to call xenophobia. Instead of listening and hearing what people are saying and trying to understand where they are coming from and what that frame is, mm -hmm. because we cannot treat 
something we don't understand. And so if you're going to label any conversation around migration as xenophobia, you will never understand or get to the heart of the problem. And you will never be able to stop the xenophobia that does exist and the ways in which this conversation around migration can very quickly run over and become uh, xenophobia, for example. And I think that also as the black middle class, we need to make sure that when we are in positions of power, we are not becoming agents of, uh, you know, the oppression of black people Mm -hmm. and that we are not creating situations where we become, you know, the new buses and where we Mm -hmm. become, you know, the oppressors of people and abuse our power purely because we have positional authority. I mean, I see this all the time, whether I'm talking corporates or schools or or universities, that sometimes black people are actually the stumbling block to people's success, to black people's success. And sometimes black people are the ones who insist on on higher on higher, you know, quality work. They insist on 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 you know black people working harder to access promotions, etc. And we do this thing where because I suffered to get to where I am, mm. because I, you know it was very hard for me to get to where I am, we do not want to make sure that for the next generation it's not as hard as it was for you. Whereas we know that white people do not put those stumbling blocks for their fellow white people. And so we become, you know, the the people who are now these big stumbling blocks in corporate and we enjoy being the only black at the table and create these situations where inequality, injustice and racism, pure and simple, is allowed to perpetuate because you want to be the only black that has access, you want to be the only black boss, which is absolutely unacceptable. Asanda, um, this is a full circle moment for me because Asanda is my former editor on campus but anyway I digress Um, I just want to pick your brain Asanda a few days ago we saw Cricket South Africa send out that statement vindicating Graham Smith of um, racism where black players and administrators within Cricket South Africa were accusing him as well as the current coach Mark Boucher of racism what's your take on that issue? Well, I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that they didn't find racism. I'm not surprised that the the kind of sanction is so far from from the things that we heard because South Africans generally do not understand racism and we do not understand racism at a, at a structural level. We do not understand racism at an individual level. We do not understand microaggression. That's why I, I do a lot of the work that I do. I wouldn't have a job as a diversity trainer if South Africans understood this. So we do not understand the ways in which whiteness manifests itself, the ways in which racism manifests itself, and the ways in which, you know, colonialism and apartheid continue to have an impact on people, and the ways in which people, whether they are black or white, continue to be the cogs in the system of replicating this inequality. And so I'm not surprised that we landed up with, uh, you know, no racism. If you think about, for example, the super sport debacle, it was also the same thing where they said there was no racism uh, when, you know, when, um, I've forgotten his name, the rugby player walked off the stage. And so we're going to continue to see this situation where racism is clear and simple to to most people, but is not recognized as such officially until we start becoming much clearer about which definition of racism we we are operating from. Because a lot of people think racism is the pure and simple, clear hatred of black people. 
Uh, but it's actually not that. It goes beyond that. It's the stereotypes that people hold about black people. It's it's like I was telling you this thing of thinking that a, a colored person or a black person or any person of color that's walking around in a former white-only suburb must be there to steal and can't possibly be there just to live. It's the fact that, you know, we walk around in shops and we are being followed. It's the fact that if I walk into, a, 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 you know, a Louis Vuitton or any of those shops, I already am looked at with suspicion. There's already an assumption that I can't afford, uh, you know, what's on sale and all of those things, which mean that as black people, we spend our lives and energy constantly proving that we belong in the space, mm-hmm. constantly proving that we have a right to be here and constantly, you know, being challenged on our authority, being challenged on our sense of belonging and so much more. And so while we have this freedom technically on paper and constitutionally, which I think is very important, we must never lose sight of the importance of that because once you have it on paper, you can use it to hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. There are still a lot of ways in which in terms of the, the you know, the in terms of our lived experience, this freedom is not hundred percent where it should be. And 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 in the main, if we're being honest, it's very few black people who are able to access the kind of freedom that Nelson Mandela and some of the architects oh. of the post apartheid South Africa were dreaming of. And we're going to have to work very hard together as South Africans of all races to make sure that it's not just 10% of black people in particular who are living this Mandela dream, who are experiencing what it's like to be free in this country, but that it's the majority of South Africans. And there's a lot of work that needs to be done around race. There's a lot of work that needs to be done around class as well, because as I've mentioned, sometimes as black people, we also kind of we came in and yes, we replaced yes, the white yes, people yes, and yes, kind yes, of yes. continued the oppression. If you look at, for example, some of the relationships that people have with their domestic workers, you will see this being replicated quite painfully. Uh, Asanda, because of time, we're going to need to leave it there. It's always a pleasure speaking mm. to you. Uh, I'm sure we'll speak to you again. Try and enjoy the rest of your Freedom Day. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> and have a good day too. The Takeoff, live and exclusive to Radio 2000, 97.2 to 100 FM nationwide.